Hello and welcome to day nine of the 100 day writing challenge. Seems like a dreadfully long way to go all of a sudden, doesn't it? Um, and this vertiginous cognizance of scale, of, of distance, is something that I think most authors who've attempted a novel experience sooner or later. You know, you come up with an idea, wow, oh gosh, I must write it down. And then the honeymoon can, of course, turn into a tyre fire at any point. But the real wake up call, the real three kids in a mortgage moment comes when you've put in a considerable amount of work, 10,000 words, 15,000. And suddenly you look up and realise, oh, my stars, I've barely even started. The final thing is going to be like eight, nine, ten times as long as this. And this is the, only the first draft. That is quite the reality check. And and when you stagger to the top of the ziggurat and see the hundred of mi hundreds of miles of jungle stretching out in all directions, you, you can be like, oh, what am I doing? I'm exhausted already and this is the freshest, most enthusiastic, most motivated I'm going to be. There it is. Your mind snaps into defensive, error-spotting, future-anticipating, mistake-avoiding mode. This does not seem worth it, you think. I should save myself inevitable suffering by stopping now. Treat what I've done as a sunk cost and quit. And that is, and I think we really need to acknowledge this if we're going to get anywhere, that is sound logic. Grounded in self-compassion, actually. You, you know, you don't want yourself to suffer. And as far as you can see, this thing you're embarking on is sheer folly that, that will eat up a lot of your energy and inevitably end in suffering with no great benefit to counter counterbalance it. Why wouldn't you stop? Uh, I, you know, this, I'm going <laughs> to... I would love to tell you I've got this cracked, but I struggle with this nonsense so much and it's still now and I'm sick of it and I would like to not feel it. But I do sometimes, you know, I often find writing painful. I feel vulnerable and dumb and stupid when I write. I look at what I've written and I'm just like, uh, this is never going to be good. And, and, and look, honestly, the upsides as we conventionally conceive of them uh, when it comes to writing sales recognition the satisfaction of seeing my books on a shelf those things on their own have not I don't think been sufficient compensation for the effort I've put into my craft not at all viewing writing as teleological something that moves from an origin towards a destination and that the destination is the point makes it miserable it means the vast majority of it will be for you a slog and the moment you reach that target, that goal, that finished book, that printed and bound bestseller or whatever it turns out to be, the second you're done, you just get gobbed out into the starting line of the next race. Where's your next book? Your next idea? This is why so many authors I've chatted to on the podcast have a monumentally shitty second novel experience. Because you work so hard on that first one telling yourself, I've just got to get to the end, I've just got to roll this one over the line, come on, my reward is waiting. And when you do, almost instantly you're back where you started, working on a new one, more knackered, with less idea. And, and you go, oh, shit. This shit never ends. And that is brutal. It's like any job you've had where your only goal, the only thing that brought you pleasure was eating up the hours and creeping closer to your lunch break and then clocking off at the end of the day. If finishing a novel is your goal, is what motivates you, is what makes you happy, that is saying... I'm going to be happy when I don't have to do this, when this is over. That's a fundamentally unhealthy way to relate to your job. I, I've done jobs like that, right? You know, I've done incredibly, you know, 60 hours of split shifts in a bar a week for the minimum wage. And they, they made me miserable. And unwittingly, 
People turn their writing into that, the pursuit of extrinsic goals, writing to please others, for acceptance, for safety, just to be done, to clock up these notches on a board somewhere. I wrote because, honestly, I thought it would help me escape being a grown-up. I thought it would make me a worthwhile person. I thought it would help me like myself and give my life meaning. And I thought it might make other people like me too. And in some ways... Again, let's be honest, writing did give me little crumbs of all those things. It's it's given me money, it's given me recognition, it's given me some achievements, it's helped me meet people. I wouldn't have um, met and married my wife if it wasn't for, you know, her having read one of my books, you know. But it is a... But doing that and using it for that is a hugely precarious, stressful experience. What a, what a way to live. And what I'm getting here in today's little sermon up here in the pulpit, the uh, coward's castle, as some anti-ecclesiastical wags I want to call it, is if you are to write and make it work worth it to you know keep going, to make, in fact, writing worthy of you. Now, there's a concept. Not are you good enough to be a writer, but is writing good enough to deserve your time and love? If you're going to write, you'd better make damn sure it's for reasons that nourish and invigorate you. So often we come to writing like it's this angry volcano god we need to appease or some golden guru we're scarcely worthy of. I'm not saying it's never appropriate to treat art and the creation of art with reverence, but at some point you've got to ask, not if you're worthy of being a writer, but is writing worthy of you? What's it offering as its part of the bargain? Not five years down the line, some putative uh, like land of milk and honey. What is it offering you now? Here's a dirty little secret. You're allowed to demand something of writing. You're allowed to exploit it to your own ends. If you're suffering, then you can give that suffering back to the writing and explore it. If your heart is broken, you you can break the hearts of your characters and walk them through years, decades of mourning for the thing or the one that was lost. If you're angry, you can sow that anger and watch it grow into blazing wheat fields. If you're bored, you can write about a whale who can morph into a battle robot and has a series of torrid sexual encounters with other mammal-machine combos. You you can honour your feelings. But that's not to say that fiction doesn't need craft or effort or a certain methodical plodding determination sometimes. I'm, I'm keenly aware that a lot of what passes for writing advice these days is just a farrago of clubby, boosterish smarm. You don't need someone wafting incense about telling you how special writers are. You need practical tools and immediately applicable advice. So my advice is, however professional and disciplined you want to be, don't forget to come to writing asking for something in return. What is your writing going to teach you today? What comfort or wisdom is it going to offer? How is it going to change you? One thing I've talked about on the podcast that informs your exercise today is this idea of inspiration inspiration, the taking in of spirit, breathing in. We we talk about getting inspired, which implies getting inspired implies it's something that happens to us. But actually, I feel like we can make ourselves active participants in the inhalation inspiration protest. We could choose to start hoovering up spirits like Luigi in the frankly second tier Luigi's Mansion series. So what I'd like you to do today is to, yes, produce a list. We're still there, but this list is going to be of reading material. Stuff that you need to read. Because I know you get lectured all the time. Read, read, read. Writers need to read. I don't think that approach ever makes reading feel terribly attractive when it's framed as an obligation. But nonetheless, it is dead useful and it's fun and it will level you up as an author. So it's really helpful to have a bit of a game plan. 
you might note down specific novels or authors you really want to get round to reading, but it's also worth asking yourself more generally, what sort of stuff do you want to write? What genres would it be handy for you to do more reading in? And what about non-fiction topics? Research is so damn important. It really is the secret source of good writing. I'd go so far to say it's impossible to write well without doing research unless what you're writing is so autobiographical or so intimately connected to your life experience. Maybe you write a thriller set on an oil rig and you worked on the rigs for 10 years that you know all the important bits anyway. So you could include in your list areas that you'd really like to know more about. If you write fantasy, could you research a history of magic or different weapons or the basics of farming? If you want to write historical fiction, what stuff do you need to know from the era you're interested in? If you're interested in a particular profession, for example, or one of your characters is going to be that profession, what do you need to know about that to make it convincing and make it feel like a lived-in reality? Write these things down in your list, these areas you need to know more on, these lacunae in your knowledge. Be as exhaustive as you can. So does that make sense? A list of stuff you need to read or could read or research or want to read or would love to get round to reading to help you in the writing you do. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, we're talking fiction, books as well, stories, all that kind of stuff. If you've not got some big novel planned, that's fine. Just imagine the kinds of areas you think might be interesting as you kind of like swim out into this big sea of writing. And remember, you can note down specific titles of books if there's, you know, a particular author you've always meant to get round to reading or a classic in the genre of that you want to write in that you feel like you really ought to have read. But you can also just write down areas to find books on later, like submarines or, or life in third century China. Make sense? Good. You've got 10 minutes. Try to come out with as many options as possible. Ready? Go.
And that's your lot. I hope that was useful. I, I realise it wasn't as intrinsically creative as previous days, but I do think it's damn important to get thinking about this and realising you're allowed to upgrade your knowledge, your learning, to project status. As a writer, it's your business to go poking your nose into different areas and find stuff out. Now, this list that you've just created in the weeks that follow can, if you wish, form the basis for books you choose to read, the articles you browse online, stuff you get at the library, etc, etc. And the fiction can become part of your reading for pleasure, which if you're not doing already, no shame in that, but try it out. You might enjoy it. Um, I should say this is absolutely not homework. It's just something that you've got here. And if you would like to do it, then I invite you to. Um, you might also reflect on whether there are some actual human beings you could grill on some of these non-fiction areas. You know, in my experience, people are surprisingly OK with you just emailing them saying, oh, hello, I, I notice you're a marine biologist. I'm writing a story and I, I wonder if I could ask you this question about puffer fish. So maybe try that. You know, I think you'd be astonished. And again, if one of the best ways to enjoy writing is to frame it as mischief, it does feel pretty mischievous, like sending people a little impertinent email saying, can I ask you a question about pufferfish? Um, obviously, only if they're a marine biologist. If they're not a marine biologist, don't ask them about pufferfish. Um, they probably won't know. Right, we're done here and tomorrow is our final day of lists. I hope you'll join me for that. And although there really isn't and never will be homework, I would ask that you have your list of locations and fictional places to hand for tomorrow's exercise, if that's OK. I mean, even if it's not OK, please have it. Do have a lovely rest in the meantime. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.